now for the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Along with Brad Thompson, I'm Dan McLaughlin. It is the Redbird Report. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you add us to your list. It's the Redbird Report, 101 ESPN. Well, Brad, uh, happy Monday to you. We had a fun weekend. Cardinals took two of three against the Reds, and then we capped off the weekend last night out at Top Golf at the uh, Big League Impact event for Adam Wainwright. And so many of the guys and former players came out, bunch of money raised, and uh, we had a lot of fun. But congratulations to Adam, and I know you've been intimately involved with uh, Big League Impact and, and emceeing and supporting, and your family was out there. So it's great stuff, isn't it? It really is, man. Uh, Adam, as you know, he's got a real heart for what he does. There are some different guys. And look, anytime that you're helping people out, like it, it is a good thing. There are some guys that maybe have charities or, or help out charities that they're just not they don't really dive in. They put their name to it, but it just kind of happens. He uh, Adam puts everything that he's got into big league impact. And as you know, when he's on the mound, he put everything he has into that. When he's at home, uh, he puts everything he has into his family. Look, he's just one of those guys that is completely dedicated to the task at hand. So uh, it's fun to help out as, as you have over the years with big league impact. It's fun to see uh, all the lives that end up being affected. And, it's uh, it's great to be able to call Wayno a friend and, and a former teammate because he's doing great things. He'll continue. I don't know how long he's going to pitch the way that he's going right now, Dan. I wouldn't stop anytime soon no. if I were Adam Wainwright. Uh, and, and you mentioned it last night as we were doing the uh, you were doing the introductions and uh, having a little bio on all the players for all, all the fans that were there in attendance. But you, you mentioned Adam Wainwright as a hall of famer and not just a cardinal hall of famer dude is continuing to brush up that resume where cooperstown's gonna have to take a real look at adam wainwright i i totally agree i i was thinking about this last night and we were at our hitting bays at uh at top golf and and thanks to them they did a wonderful job putting on the event and it was just smooth and everything went well and everybody's having fun but i, I did think about you because your wife and your young son is to the left of me i got my son and his buddies uh, knocking balls everywhere. So we're all having fun. But I was thinking, man, I wonder if Brad has ever, like, stepped back and reflected on this, where here you are, a Vegas guy living in St. Louis, and your former teammate in the minor leagues, uh, you guys come up through the system, and you become world champions in 2006. And now here we are in 2022, uh, still, you know, you're affiliated in a big way with Cardinal Baseball. Adam's still on the mound. If you just kind of reflect and go, man, what a road this has been with the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, who, who would have expected it, at, at least uh, on my end, for sure. No, it is. And it was something like last night was a really fun one, getting to bring my, my son Dylan out there because he knows that I played and he realizes like that, that it was a thing. But then him getting to meet Yachty and Wayno and Albert and just kind of be around, uh, be around those guys. It is something special longevity. I mean, Dan, I've had a, I've had a different job now for a decade and those guys are still playing baseball. Like <laughs> Adam Wainwright, who, you know, it was him and I, uh, in 2004 in Memphis, uh, he is still doing this at a crazy high level. And you knew that he was so skilled and you knew the the talent that was there being a first round pick. Uh, but it takes a lot more than skill and talent. It takes the work and the drive and the want to uh, to continue to do it. And he has that. And Yachty has that. And Albert has that. So uh, the fact that they're still doing what they're doing and I have a chance to not only witness it, but, you know, be alongside you in the booth for a lot of these games. You get to talk about these moments. 
it really is. It's something special, man. It's, it's something that uh, just seeing the three of those guys together and you and I were talking about it before we started the podcast. I've never seen Yachty and Albert have more fun. I like, I've never seen these guys smiling as much as they are. They're out at Top Golf yesterday. And, and like, understand when I say this, uh, like, they're great people and they are super nice. But you know this, like, wherever Yachty goes, people are all over him. Wherever Albert goes, people are all over him. There was a decade here in St. Louis where Albert couldn't go anywhere because he was just swarmed by fans. These guys are out hugging people and smiling and taking pictures like they're really taking it in in their final year. Absolutely. Uh, let's <clears throat> let's reflect a little bit on what happened this weekend. Cardinals take two out of three against Cincinnati uh, and then look ahead to tonight. The first of four with the Pirates. Ali, it was talking to both of us at the event last night and he said, man, we got to win that game. We got to win Sunday. You know, we got to win. We got to we got to sweep that. That's the mindset of Ali. He, he really where Tony was two out of three, three out of four, Ollie's like, no, nah, I want to sweep. I want to get this. And they got into the bullpen of the Reds yesterday and couldn't quite finish it off. But all in all, I thought it was a pretty good series for the Cardinals. Well, I, I think that you're seeing the starting pitching really coming around. I know Dakota ended up giving up six earned runs in this ball game. Uh, I don't know if you would agree. I think that he pitched better than his line. I, th I think yes. that the uh, it, it didn't look as bad. Now, he did have the inning that got away from him. A uh, couple of walks ended up, uh, you know, hitting a batter with the bases loaded. That ends up putting a dent in things. So he gave up three runs but in that one. But uh, there was a play out in right field that Donovan coasted on a little bit that uh, not co coasted is the wrong word, but drifted towards it. He's still working towards figuring out right field and, and the way that uh, the way that you got to attack the baseball that ended up going for a triple. That guy ultimately came in on a sack fly. So I thought Dakota did a good job, but I, I, I'm with you on the idea of and, and with Ollie of these are teams that you ha have an opportunity to sweep. I mean, we, we were talking about it during the game and before the game. That Reds lineup's not good. Like that is a, a lineup that you should be able to mow through and uh, they credit to them. I mean, they took advantage of some opportunities, but how about this? A, another great advantage of a lineup that is worse than the Reds. I mean, the Pirates lineup, they cannot hit. So we'll see what the Cardinals are able to do and take advantage of this, this upcoming week with four games in three days, double header coming up tomorrow. Boy, it's going to be a hot one too. Ollie's going to have to get creative in this one because you, you want to have uh, your best guys out there, but you got to figure out a way to keep them all healthy with the double header like that. So that's going to be interesting. But I just feel like there is a lot of opportunity to gain some ground, but you still look at it, even dropping that game yesterday. Cardinals still have a half game lead in the division, Dan. They're in a good spot right now because I don't even think they've come close to playing their best baseball and you still have a first place ball club. That's right. Uh, let's get into the Thompson start tonight. So be first major league start his second major league appearance. And we saw him come in uh, to the ball game and get four innings in his debut. There was another Thompson that picked up a save in his major. It was you, Brad, that got a major league save in your debut. And Zach Thompson did that. So not a bad way to break into the big leagues. Yeah, great way. And he did his, uh, you know, at Wrigley Field, big outing for him. It's uh, that that's an intimidating place to pitch in your first ever outing. And he did a really good job. I was talking to Zach a little bit the other day and uh, he was like, man, I got people reaching out to me on Twitter asking if we're family. I said, I got the same <laughs> thing, but I waited until you pitched the first time. And then afterwards I said, yeah, that's my cousin. So <laughs> I had, had to make sure it checked out. You're not a front but, runner uh, at all, though, Brad. 
oh no 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 i just wanted to make sure it went well yeah that's all is okay. that a front runner yes, no that's exactly is. what that is totally no. is yeah it is for sure but i i'm i'm glad that he's going to be getting this opportunity so there have been a couple of spots in this uh this rotation that have been open. Jack Flaherty has obviously been out the whole year. Maybe we'll talk about Jack here in a minute as he comes back on his rehab trail. And uh, Steven Matz has been out with the shoulder. That's taken longer than expected. And I think longer than Steven, longer than the organization has expected for him to come back. So there are some chances for guys to make an impact. And this is a big opportunity here for Zach Thompson in this ball game tonight. I don't know how deep he's going to end up getting, getting you in this game, but I do know this. He's got a fastball that plays, Dan. I mean, that thing, he, he was throwing it with command. He was getting in on righties. He's running it up there in the upper 90s. His breaking ball is legit. The big curveball, that's real. And I, I he showed enough to me, and I'd like to see more of it in this ball game tonight, of the changeup. A good feel pitch right there to keep the righties honest. And, and you know, you can bust him in with the fastball, throw that changeup away. I really think that Zach Thompson has, he's got good stuff. And this guy that struggled last year, man, he struggled in the minor leagues. ERA was up, but he made some tweaks at the end of the year. Mechanically went to the fall league was better and showed up in spring training this year, looking uh, to, to turn some heads. And he was able to do that. So a, a big opportunity for him. When you watched him though, in his debut, cause you were there, I wasn't in Chicago. What did you see? What stood out to you? Well, I thought he was, I, you said it's a tough place to break in, and I'm with you, but he looked calm. And I think maybe a reason that he was calm is that he's from Selma, Indiana, and he grew up a Cubs fan. So don't hold that against him. He said, I'm no longer a Cubs fan. But he said, family and friends there, he said it felt like home. You know, I was he, he, he had been to that ballpark countless times. So that's number one. I, I think in a major league debut, your emotions are so high, your, your heart's outside of your chest. Guys are so nervous, understandably so. So I thought he, he t took on the moment and he was calm. The thing that played for me, Brad, was his fastball. And his fastball, I, when I was hearing that they were thinking about bringing up Zach Thompson, I was like, well, okay. I mean, I, you know, you got a number one pick and you, you want to showcase him. You want to see that uh, these guys make it. But uh, his fastball got back to where it was supposed to be, which is, you know, mid to upper 90s. And to your point, he had to go back last year to the pitching lab down in Jupiter and get away from the team and kind of go over and refine and redo all his mechanics. I thought his mechanics looked good. It was repeatable. And the fastball played. And he was throwing strikes. And that's been the biggest knock on him. And it started to change at the end of last year, going into the Arizona Fall League, and all of a sudden being able to throw strikes. And if he is inside the zone, his stuff plays. To me, it's kind of like Oviedo. With his stuff, it plays, but you got to be around the zone. And so he was pitching ahead in the count for the most part. And when you do that, you're going to have a chance to get big league hitters out. And that's what I saw out of Zach Thompson. So I'm excited to see that tonight. Now, tomorrow, Ali telling us the other day, doubleheader, you got Libertor going in game one. He said Michaelis will go in game two. Kind of a two-prong effect with this. Michaelis, it's supposed to be hot, as you mentioned, sweats a ton. And so they said, look, it's going to be hot at, at night, but not quite as hot in the middle of the day. Let's, him go, let, let's let him go in game two. And then Libertor, the, the reason that they wanted him to go was that he made his debut against the Pirates, pitched well, and, uh, and was now away from picking up his first big league win. But from the managerial side of things, Brad, I think it allows you then to set the rest of the day. So if Libertor is good, you know, gives you five or six, it's kind of like a quote-unquote normal game. It sets up to maybe win the game with your, your big three, depending on what happens tonight. But if he 
comes out and doesn't give you a lot of innings, then you know how you're protected the rest of the way and you feel that Michaelis can get you deep into a game. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, both these lefties got going tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, I am too. And with Matthew Libertor, it's been a, a bit of a mixed bag, right? You mentioned the debut that he made against the Pirates, four and two-thirds in that one, ended up giving up four. But then his next outing, and it's been his lone outing so far at Bush Stadium, and maybe there's something to that, uh, but five innings, only three hits against the Brewers. He punched out six in that one, and he just looked from the, the time that he left the dugout just jogging out to the mound, he looked in control of that ball game. And he never really looked like that in his third start against the Cubs in Chicago. Didn't have a feel for the breaking ball. Saw probably three, four, maybe five breaking balls pop out of his hand and almost go to the backstop on a couple of them. So uh, I want to see what kind of feel he's got in this one. I like the idea of throwing him first, figuring out what your bullpen has to cover and how you, uh, you know, extend Michaelis in the second game. But again, I, I don't care who's pitching for you here, whether it be Zach Thompson or it's uh, Matthew Libertor or you have Miles Michaelis, who's been very, very solid this year. This is a Pirates team that you need to beat. And this is a team that you at, at, you should be at the very least taking three or four from these guys. And it does start with the tempo of your pitchers. If you're pounding the strike zone, you got a chance against these guys. I thought it was a, a pro's pro how Harrison Bader handled the the benching for the uh, lack of hustle over the weekend. I thought it was handled great on both sides. Ali addressed it, took care of it. Harrison said, I understand it. He's right. It's a wake-up call even at the big leagues. We play a kid's game, and sometimes you, you got to be reminded to to run everything out, hustle to your position, all those things. Uh, Ali just nips it in the bud. And, and to me, this is the greater point, is that he is open and honest and direct with players. That's all players want. Just be honest. I may not like it, but at least you're honest. And it, and I thought it was handled on both sides very, very well. Yeah, you can live with that. You can live with it if there's communication on both sides. We talk about the communication oftentimes with the bullpen, how he utilizes some pieces at that back end of it. But when it comes to the hustle aspect of the game, uh, sometimes and, and Harrison Bader, make no mistake, Harrison Bader works hard, and he's a guy that truly cares about it. But Sometimes that frustration sets in and then the hustle part and he Harrison talked about it. he's an emotional player, but he understands that that that, you know, that can't happen. Uh, you respect it, Dan. You're a father. You know, you know, this. Oh, yeah. you, sometimes sometimes you can't just say it. OK, it's like, hey, you better hustle. Oh, you better do your chores. You better do it like there has to be consequences to, you know, if, if you're not going to do it then you're not going to play. And that was uh, that was the case in that ball game because remember that was a tight ball game late and your best defender got taken out of the game and Juan Yepes came in. And it was like what what is it did Harrison get hurt? It's like no. Like all he needed to make a point at that moment to make sure this didn't happen again. And just like, uh, you know, it, it's a mistake and that's a mental mistake to not hustle out some different things. But we saw the physical mistake of uh, Giovanni Gallegos against the Mets. He doesn't cover first base. Big time mental blunder uh, ended up costing the Cardinals the game ultimately in that one. Uh, I see Gio busting his tail over the first base side every yes. single time now because you learn from the mistakes that you, that you have. So you like to limit those things. But uh, for Harrison, the way that he handled it, the way that Ollie handled it and had the accountability there for his guys, I think it's really important. And I think it speaks volumes for the rest of the season. Let's wrap it up with this. Paul DeYoung is starting to hit. Uh, and it's a great problem potentially the Cardinals could have, is him coming back and having figured something out mechanically, mentally, the break that uh, he gets away from Major League Baseball, whatever the case may be. 
But uh, at some point, you have to address it if he continues to hit. More home runs that he hit over the weekend. He's been hot in the month of June. At what point, Brad, do you think the Cardinals take a hard look and say, okay, let's bring him back up and see what we got? Yeah, I I personally would do it soon. I mean, if, if he's hot, he's got the seven home runs in June, as you mentioned. He's hitting for average. He's doing a lot of things well. And as much as, you know, you don't want to talk about the the contract, it's still there. I mean, you still got paying him $6 million this year, I think $9 million the following year. Now, the Cardinals are obviously, they don't care about that as much because they're willing to have that sitting at AAA. But it comes to me, like, like what pops up with him is the upside there. I and mean, I know we've been talking about upside for a while with him ever, ever since he had his 30 home run season, was an all-star in 2019. But uh, I believe it's still there. So if you're getting glimpses of that, and it's twofold, right? It's the offensive upside that he provides, but it's also the ability to shift Tommy back to his natural position over at second base and solidify your defense, which you know the Cardinals use uh, quite well. Now the question is going to pop up. What do you do with Nolan Gorman? Right. Well, you piece him in. Like you, you, We've already seen Ollie. I know they talked about it, and they didn't really want to have him DH. Well, what did he do the last couple of games? The guy, you know, he was DHing in there. I think that you still find reps for him at second base. Uh, you know, there are going to be days where maybe you bounce Tommy a little bit over the diamond. But to me, it, your your team is the best, most complete when Paul DeYoung looks like the Paul DeYoung from a couple of years ago. And Sosa has been getting a, a tiny bit of a runway. He hasn't really taken advantage of it like he was uh, last year. I mean, he he straight up took the job from DeYoung last year and did a really good job. I haven't seen those type of at-bats and those type of moments from Sosa right now, so I wouldn't be concerned about bringing Paul DeYoung back. All right, buddy. Thank you for doing this as always. We love doing this together. The uh, Redbird Report, our podcast on 101 ESPN, and uh, we've got baseball tonight. Looking forward to it. Hey, let's have some fun tonight. Let's talk about a series win, and uh, we'll catch up maybe on the back end of this series. I know you and I will be in Boston together, so we'll have plenty of good baseball to talk about. Looking forward to it. That's Brad Thompson. I'm Danny Mack, and this is 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.